who can stop the Lord Almighty? That was great, Chloe. And I think that's where we're at this morning. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? And it came to me quite afresh, I think, probably this morning. So quite a number of you that I know of are following what's called Lectio 365. It's a prayer call, not only to one church, but to many churches, not only in this country, but throughout the world. And the Archbishop of Canterbury this morning, Justin Welby, really got me going, my juices going, to expect to see something even more happening in our churches and in our country and in other countries as we allow the Holy Spirit, the Lord Almighty, who can stop him? And it was so good just to be able to worship with Chloe this morning and to realise today's all about him. It's not about me, it's not about Andy or Chloe or um, Sarah. It's about Jesus. And that's all I want to share this morning for us to get a fresh visitation of the Lord Almighty and what he can do for you, for me, for our church, for our nation, for our society, if we let him. And we're joining with thousands and I hope you can catch the glimpse of that. It's not just here in a little studio in Basingstoke. And I have a picture of being part of a stream that flows into the river of life, which is the, the river that Jesus set going for us. And we're all joining together. And the lovely thing is we're forgetting our labels, which church we belong to. All we're concerned about is lifting up the name of Jesus. And tonight we're going to have an opportunity in Basingstoke itself to join with the other churches in this town to lift up the name of Jesus and celebrate Pentecost, the festival of the Holy Spirit coming into our world for a fresh season. And we're thinking particularly today of that first outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And yet, whilst we are rejoicing, let's remember that that Pentecost that Sarah was so excitingly telling us, well, to the children officially, but I loved it. And it's all about remembering what went before. And the church was born, and it was born out of a lot of pain. Jesus had been crucified, and yet we're celebrating Pentecost because just before the, the crucifixion, Jesus was commissioning his disciples to go out into all the world and share the news of the kingdom of God. Not stay inside the walls, but go out and tell others about the Lord Almighty who cannot be stopped. And I had a memory of going back to our previous home on Ash Manor Farm and the River Test, the source of it, was in our front garden. And we used to get loads of people coming out to see the source of the River Test. Children, people from the church, people from outside the church. And they'd look and they'd see a tiny trickle in our garden, but it expanded on its journey 
and it became an important river. In fact, one of the most famous trout rivers in Britain, at least. And it was full of fish, and it finally joined the river at Southampton and went out into the sea. And I feel this Pentecost, we can join together in the big river, the big river that God has provided for us. And life will flow out of a small trickle, maybe in Basingstoke, and can affect many, many other places if we allow it to. And Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, not just for excitement, but to empower us as his witnesses in the world. Now, Pentecost, it's a funny name. It's not an everyday name we use, but there was a history to it. When the children of Israel were passed over and there was a spirit of death around because of Pharaoh and all that had gone on, and this festival of Pentecost first commemorated the Passover when people had uh, painted the doorways, the lintels, I think they were called, with the blood. And so the angel of death passed them by. They were protected because of the blood of Jesus. And we are protected, just like the children of Israel were. But Pentecost is not just about protection from the blood. It's not just about commemorating the wonderful gift of love that Jesus gave when he allowed himself to be crucified. But this was the day when the Holy Spirit came to empower. So it's a spirit of protection. But today we're celebrating the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so that we can go out, not in our own strength, but in the strength of Jesus to be witnesses outside the walls of the church as well as inside. And as we remember the empowering of the Holy Spirit, we can have that today because what we're doing, ordinary followers of Jesus, we can be filled again afresh with his power, his strength, his love, and become witnesses all over. And we can be recognized as the followers of Jesus who can see people's lives changed. And I find that quite exciting. He's always been in existence, the Holy Spirit, but something special special happened after Jesus' ascension. And we were talking to the kids earlier about the pillar of fire that led Israel out of bondage and now appears in the upper room. And it falls on 120 plus ordinary people, ordinary followers of Jesus. They were gathered together praying their heart out. They were feeling sad. They'd lost their leader. They were feeling powerless. And yet... On this day, when the Holy Spirit came, it became a a room of celebration. The sadness turned to joy. And people had fresh hope. And they were going to see their world turned upside down. 
no longer would they be hunting for direction because the Holy Spirit was going to give them it. And the whole picture changed. And I just want us to try and grasp afresh that wonder that it would have an, an impact not only in Jerusalem, but ultimately far beyond that. We're going to read from the scripture. I, I just like the Passion Bible for its freshness. We're going to read some selected verses to just ground us again that this is not just an experience. It's the word of God that can change lives. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 1 and starting at verse 4. Jesus instructed his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem. But wait here until you receive the gift I've told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but a few days from now you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. Don't we all need that when we become? try to become evangelists and witnesses for Jesus. You will be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on earth. And the disciples left the Mount of Olives and returned to Jerusalem, which was less than a mile away. Arriving there, they went into a large second floor room to pray I want us to grasp hold of that, the importance of prayer as a foundation for praying for a new infilling of the Holy Spirit. All of them were united in prayer with one passion, interceding day and night. And it's wonderful when we get a passion as one people to join together praying for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. And on the day, chapter 2, Pentecost was being fulfilled. All the disciples were gathered in one place. And Sarah's already alluded to this. Suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages that they had never learned. Now this is not just an experience. This is the Word of God and lives get changed and emboldened to be witnesses for Jesus when we ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us again. So we see that there are some prerequisites, if you like, for a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit. And the first one is to want it. And the second thing is to be in prayer, to ask. And then there's another word that comes. It's hunger. They were desperate. They were in such a low place. They needed more 
more reassurance from God Almighty, who doesn't stop as we were singing earlier. And they were thirsty. And the words hunger and thirst, they take me right back to my, some of my days in India. There was a tremendous drought. And I'll never, ever forget the heart-rending pictures of what happened. There were failed crops. Wells were dried up completely. We had to get water in a tractor 15 miles away where there was more water. I'll never forget the pictures of starving, emaciated children. Mothers coming in desperate to the hospital. No milk, no money to buy milk, even if it was available. It was a terrible time. And I felt so limited and desperate in how I could respond to all that I was seeing and feeling. I could no longer trust in my own strength and skills, my knowledge as being sufficient. And I panicked. I panicked and I panicked. Lord, what can I do? What can I do to help? It just, the task seemed so big. And I became more and more hungry for a deeper love of Jesus. I became more and more hungry for the power of the Holy Spirit. I became more and more hungry for more love as I saw so many people in need. In such situations, it's so easy to become just used to seeing people in pain and power and emaciated. But as I cried out, Jesus didn't let me down. He filled me again with a fresh infilling of his Holy Spirit. And in the book of Ephesians, we're told to hunger after this and to ask again and again to be filled every day with a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And out of all this, I felt strengthened and able to take on a much bigger task than humanly speaking, I couldn't have done. And a new health program emerged out of the fresh anointing. Alan Casebo, whom we've already mentioned this morning, he was working in an agricultural project and he got going with an irrigation project and supervising a well drilling program. And I, with volunteers and health clinics and villages all around and feeding programs for hundreds and hundreds of children and gradually things began to get a lot better. But you know, as at that time in my need, I was desperate. But sometimes when things are going smoothly and well, we can forget that our strength is not enough. We, if we want power, we have to have a fresh outpouring of this Holy Spirit that will result in appreciating more and more one another having a deeper love for Jesus and a deeper desire to pray together and to have a much bigger heart to preach and demonstrate and love the kingdom of God outside there as well as inside the church walls. And at this time of all the months we've suffered, and I say suffered advisedly, um, of COVID-19 and being locked down, we all need a fresh 
anointing of the Holy Spirit. A way in which we will move deeper inwards. Upwards, our heart will cry out more and more to God and outwards. Do you remember years ago when Adrian Thomas, the pastor at that time, brought out that phrase of upwards, inwards and outwards. And I believe that God can use the difficulties and the heartaches of going through the past year to set our feet and our eyes in some different directions perhaps and to use the deep pain to be used more and more outwards. More action, less words, perhaps. Few words, but big hugs for people. Praying more with others spontaneously. And I've found that the Holy Spirit's enabled me to pray much more spontaneously in areas that I would never have opened my mouth in before, even with John in his nursing home. I've had so many opportunities to pray in the dining room, in the lounge, and with John, but with staff. And I could never have done that before, but God's used the pain to draw something out that he's put in within me. And I've needed to repent for allowing myself at times to be more introverted, not heeding the call to get out and be involved, and my heart to feel other people's pain more, to see with God's eyes outside our walls, in love towards people I might not even have noticed or passed by in the town before. And I've just been so excited at seeing what's happening amongst us. Last week with the youth, how we, we just jumped with joy hearing what was happening at the top of the town. Bigsy going out, handing lollipops, talking to people, food, the food hubs that have emerged. Sarah going out to the park with our kids, not being shut indoors because they couldn't come into the building, but going out more and more. We've got English cafe meeting in the park sometimes. People going into school mentoring, lots of work going on behind the scenes with the food, um, the food hubs and one opening here in a short time to come. And it just reminds me to the Easter trail, remember the stones round the town um, for the kids. And it just reminds me of the words of Jesus in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus is knocking at our door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, invites me in, I will sup with him. See, he doesn't want us just to have a snack with him. He wants to stay with us dwell with us, feed us, and enable us to move out and feed others. And a few months ago, I was just speaking about um, Mother Teresa. It was when she had a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit inside the convent walls. She received a bigger revelation of what could be done if she went outside the walls of that convent and started to minister to people in ways 
she would never have had the strength to do previously. And we all know the effect that had in India and is still going on in different places in the world. It's not simply an experience, the refilling of the Holy Spirit. It's a way of life, a change of direction, a looking outwards. And as what happened at the time of Pentecost, the crowds seeing what happened, seeing joy come out of despair and hope coming out and power coming out, their response in Acts 2.37 was, what should we do? What should we do? And I think as far as we ourselves are concerned, as we emerge out of COVID, is we need to give time to ourselves for restoration and recovery. Those who haven't been baptised, to find the joy of being baptised in water. And then just opening our hearts up to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. To repent and pray and then act. And I confess that sometimes I've held back from sharing Jesus, taking the opportunities given. But may I take hold of the prayer of these early followers. What should I do? Enable me to speak your word with great boldness. Jesus said we should pray. Stretch out your hand again to heal and perform wonders. Through the name of Jesus, I give thanks often for the work that Diane has done as mayor over the past two years, Andy alongside in so many churches. And there's many here in our church really serving the Lord, outside as well as inside. And I feel this morning, I just want to say to us all, to me, starting with me, Lord, would you be kind? Would you show your power amongst us? Revive us that we might embrace more of your Holy Spirit this day. That we might receive the power you're longing to give us to be your witnesses. It's all about you, Jesus. It's not about us. So we pray with one heart, come. Holy Spirit, come. And would you join me as we worship together in a song that is so powerful if we choose to listen to the words and join with it. We seek your kingdom. Amen.